welcome to Tales of the Resistance, a podcast about antimicrobial resistance. On today's show, we're joined by a rotating lineup of members of the I Am Responsible Project, a nationwide team of educators and researchers working on solutions to antimicrobial resistance. I am Beth, one of the hosts today, and I'm joined by Amber. Hello. And Mara. Hey, everybody. And on today's show, we will be talking about some of the current news around antimicrobial resistance that caught our attention. Today for our news into AMR, I chose a podcast by the One World One Health podcast, one of my favorite podcasts out there. I I always enjoy hearing what they have to say. The podcast is called New Challenges from an Ancient Disease, Drug-Resistant Tuberculosis. So tuberculosis, otherwise known in the past as consumption or the white plague, has been around for thousands of years um, and has killed millions of people. It's been one of the most serious illnesses on our on our planet, and it's still killing 1.5 million people a year and sickening 10 million people, even though it is easily preventable and can be treated. It's an unusual disease because its symptoms don't always show up. Similar to COVID, somebody could be carrying it around and not know it, but um, they can still be spreading it, essentially. So, And it's also a little bit of an interesting disease because it can take a while for its symptoms to show up. So Dr. Jeff Tornheim was the guest for this podcast. And he is a member of the International Maternal Pediatric Adolescent AIDS Clinical Trials Network. And he has been studying ways to use the newest and most rapid diagnostic testings for tuberculosis to make the treatment more personalized. I really was caught by this idea of making a treatment more personalized. This phrasing pinpoints what I've noticed consistently as a major player in the fight against AMR, whether it's phase therapy or preserving broad-spectrum antibiotics with identifying the narrow-spectrum antibiotic needed, rapid diagnostics, which is the key to personalized treatment, um, is going to be one of the front runners in ensuring prudent antibiotic stewardship. It is... An interesting story. It's so, you know how in like middle school and elementary school, I'm not sure if it's elementary or middle, but they test you for TB. And if you get the bump, I'm probably older than you guys. So they probably do it differently now. But anyways, it used to be if you got, if you reacted to it, you got a large bump and I did react to it. And so I tested positive and I had to be on a medication for a year. Well, they kind of talk about that a little bit in the podcast of of one of the reasons that TB is Mm -hmm. a particular challenge is the length of the treatment Um, Mm -hmm. because it's slow growing, because it is not non-active, but not creating an active disease in most people most of the time, though it is present there. It creates all of these challenges in treatment that are mostly due to people's like, oh my gosh, I have to be undergoing this treatment for a year. Anyone who's taken a medication of any kind or undergone a treatment for something that takes a long time, the problem of 
forgetting, oh, I forgot it today, I'll do it tomorrow. And oh, no, now I'm out of the habit of, you know, that kind of stuff. It is widespread in all types of treatment. Mm -hmm. And when you have just a simple microbial disease that takes a year to treat, this is one of the reasons why tuberculosis is such a challenge. Yeah. And there's symptoms. There can be some serious, really unpleasant symptoms that can come out of this treatment. Amber, I hope you didn't have any of those. Were you okay? I don't remember having any. I mean, this was a long time ago. I don't remember having any symptoms, but I do remember it being a struggle to remember to take my medication and and just mm-hmm. not clearly understanding like why do I have to take this for a year? Like this doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. But I took it and and everything's fine. Well, I do find this particular topic, the topic of antimicrobial resistance tuberculosis is and in the podcast, they talk a little bit about the history of TB because it had affected so many people in the sort of prime of their lives. And it had the um, physical effect of pale lethargy that it had some association in in the 1800s and it was the most probably widespread of this romantic weirdly uh, a romantic disease because it was coming on so widely in this period and all my most common associations with it are with books that I have read Mm -hmm. where you know some character is wasting away from consumption (laughs) um and and so there's some (laughs) some curiosity of what will happen when we we have it back because it was a disease that took so long to develop and then for people to slowly die from Uh and then if you had those same conditions again in this modern world where we have such different responses to disease I mean I don't think that it would be considered romantic but Mm -hmm. I I do wonder what will people's responses Mm -hmm. be to the re-emergence of untreatable tuberculosis now Tuberculosis is already killing lots of people worldwide, even in its more treatable form. And some of that is because of the the interesting way that it becomes resistant, as they were talking about in the article. I think that you made a good point about how tuberculosis could be perceived if it comes back by our society. I remember reading, reading about that too from our uh, Carrie Nixon's book that we covered in previous podcasts about um, pandemics. And she talked about um, the consumption pandemic in there as well. And I mean, I think that it's it's very much going to be, and she, she talked about this too in her own book, very interesting book, highly recommend, about how if a disease is othered like Ebola or like it's from over there, it's not going to be seen the same way. Or think about how the way... The AIDS pandemic was perceived as compared to like cancer. Let's say it was 30 years ago where you have a very much, much higher chance of dying of cancer and you have, you know, an AIDS victim who had a higher chance of dying of AIDS. The perception of these two diseases and the person that had them was very different. One was a terrible tragedy and one was 
you know, well, they did to themselves a lot of times. But interesting to see how if how tuberculosis would be perceived as. Can we talk about pale lethargy? Uh, do you think that's coming back in style? Because I could really look, rock that look. Pale lethargy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The vampire aesthetic. Oh, I am just laying around. <laughs> I have, have that mastered. I'm about as pale as it gets and as lethargic as it gets. <laughs> Amara's got the dark hair going on with the pale skin. <laughs> well, Never it's increasingly the lightning sun. hair because the gray is coming in. Um, but I do want to say we don't want to go into the period of loving the pale skin because we're, we're yeah. in this multiracial yeah. society now. But mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. all for lethargy. That's <laughs> <laughs> the aesthetic. <laughs> Laying upon Dropped the couch today. Oh, oh no. <laughs> I wonder if that's where kind of like that, this isn't like historical movies, you see this sometimes, there'll be the lady who just like lays against the couch, just doesn't have the energy to get up. I'm thinking of that Mansfield Park one now. Yeah, with, I can with do her, that. With her pup, I think she's yeah, yeah, high the pug. whole time. With her pug, she might be high the whole time, but she could also have um, consumption and she just doesn't have energy. She's sleeping all day. I, I think, really excel at that. I think we need to bring that back into <laughs> I do think that you're right, Beth, that there was there was a fashion for the low energy, and thus yeah. we have things like fainting couches. But also at the same time, there was the use of opiates in in yeah. the form of laudanum. Yeah. And now, of course, there's an opiate epidemic. So, and then, if, and I don't want to make a joke about this because both of these are very serious medical <laughs> issues, but we were having a lot more opioids in the population and tuberculosis, and we can all just lay around on couches again. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, it doesn't sound as sexy as it used to be. I don't know why. <laughs> Maybe not. But now we have the vision of the couch potato rather than the fainting couch, you know, in full corset. Yeah. It's not as romantic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With crumbled Doritos (laughs) strewn across your chest. (laughs) There was a SNL video sometime back during the COVID times. It was an at-home on the couch day. It was like a music video thing where you're like, my computer is making my <laughs> legs hot. My there's so many crumbs in my clothes that it's making me itchy. <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff. I'll have I have to find seen that this one. Yeah. I'll have to, have to. We'll have to find it and put it in the um the show notes as important <laughs> reference material <laughs> for this podcast. And also Mansfield Park. Yeah, <laughs> a good here. movie if you've never seen it. There's a lot of versions of it. That's true. But the the most extreme, isn't it? I think it's that one. It's from like the 90s. And it's yeah. got, yeah. And the there's a scene where the lady who's taking laudanum, she takes some. And then after taking it, she looks back at her glass and back at the bottle and she pours herself another drink with a little eyebrow. Um, yes, I like, think that's the one. She's that's also, the sort of, oh yeah, the little insouciant shrug. Oh, a little more. 
She's she's an interesting character because she's sleeping the entire time. She like she's a witness to all the stuff, and then she'll she suddenly wake up and oh yeah yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, well she, do you want to take us out of this one? Yes. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this uh, podcast. I like hearing about um, tuberculosis. That was an interest to me. Uh, so I hope everybody else did too. Yeah, and we got to reminisce about our favorite romance novels at the same time. <laughs> romance movies, more historical romance movies. Okay. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. It's, it's all about, about the perception. Not so much throbbing going on <laughs> in Jane Austen. <laughs> <laughs> It is very interesting, and I, I definitely hope, Beth, that you include some of that in an outro setting for a, an insight into the process of making this podcast. No! Sometimes it goes <laughs> Okay. Mistakes are good. Mistakes are good. I'll, I'll see if any of it's salvageable to look what sounds funny, not just me like, I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs>